0: I mean, the back-to-school promos at the stores have been going on for a while, but it's, it's really, you know, once you get into August, it's, it's time to really think about a bunch of stuff. And at the state level, there's a lot going on, and uh, we have a lot of time. I don't know if we can get it all in in eight minutes, um, but I do want to bring in Dr. John Maduco, uh, president of the Connecticut State College and Universities. Uh, Dr. Maduco, good morning. How are you, sir?
1: Hey, good morning, Brian. How are you doing today? Uh, and and just just a quick correction: President of Connecticut State Community College. The uh, the uh, the other uh, Connecticut State, you know, college and university that's led by Chancellor uh, Chancellor Chang T- Chancellor Terrence Chang. But nonetheless, I'm honored uh, uh, to be with you this morning.
0: Well, so that, so, and but that's a new thing, right? And you consolidated. It's Connecticut State Community College, and th- you know, thousands of thousands. Was that something that? Has just sort of that split happened, and now everything's in one unit for the community college system? Is that how it works?
1: Yeah, yeah, more or less, right? So we've had over 60 years um, of, of legacy and, and greatness from our community colleges across the state. And, and, and we had 12 legacy uh, community colleges, and as of July 1st of this year, we officially were granted our um, approval for accreditation um, by our accreditor, Netchi. To be a singly accredited statewide community college, so we're simply just one community college that has 18 locations across the state,
0: which makes total sense um, and, mm-hmm. and probably the way, way it should be. Now, there's a lot of different issues I want to get into. One is sort of like how's it going and enrollment. I want to deal with AI. I want to deal with the Supreme Court case. I guess I'll just sort of start in general, like how how is it? How is enrollment? And and w- what's new for this coming year under under your leadership?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for the question. So enrollment, we're trending right now about one percent above where we were last year, right? So we're so, that, so that's but I'll take a positive indicator all day, every day. You know, last year we served north of seventy thousand students, so that was about forty nine thousand credit based students and about twenty one thousand non credit students, and we're trending to kind of be in that same range you know, for this year, which is really. Be positive um, and welcoming because obviously enrollment in higher education, especially in New England, not only has been down year over year, but will continue to be that way for the upcoming years. So for us to be 1% above tells you, you know, people in Connecticut are interested in terms of either uh, continuing their education or starting their education with us. And we can't be more happy about that. And,
0: and how do, is, is it free for everybody? How does it work from a payment standpoint? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we have PAC, PAC is a pledge to advance Connecticut, and that's our free college tuition program. It's basically last dollar, right? So students who apply for FAFSA, that's the federal financial aid, based on the um, algorithm or assessment from the feds in terms of what a student is anticipating to get, our PAC program is last dollar. So whatever whatever the Pell Grant, which is basically federal funds, does not cover, the PAC grant will take care of everything else as it relates to tuition and fees, and the eligibility is based on applying for FAFSA. You have to be a, a Connecticut resident. You have to be either a new or returning student, and either you know full time or part time. And these are these have been changes per our great uh, uh, General Assembly, um, our state legislature, who's continued to kind of expand the flexibility of options, so more and more Connecticut residents can apply and take advantage of such a great program.
0: We're talking with Dr. John Maduco, of course, president of the uh, state community college system here in Connecticut. And, you know, it's obviously the value proposition has been something we talked about a, a lot. You know, if you do two years to your community college, then you can transfer to a four-year and get your bachelor's. It's the most cost-effective way to get your education if that's the way you want, you want to do it. Uh, there's a couple of things. You know, my wife works in education, and, and, and this whole use of artificial intelligence, and a lot of people in academics, they're like, well, we can't, like, ban it. The kids already know it and use it, so how do we embrace it? I mean, how, how much a priority is it to try to figure out what to do? with this technology which is changing in real time?
1: Yeah, you know, it's uh, yeah, I look at it as a huge opportunity. I mean, there are concerns. There are concerns that has been expressed by our faculty, concerns that have been expressed by higher education purists and advocates and even our administration. And we feel like there's a huge opportunity for us to become well-versed in what is this AI technology, how is it going to impact the classroom and learning experience you know, obviously, you know our faculty are stewards of academic integrity, right? In terms of, you know, you, you know our students are earning their grades uh, basically through I won't say conventional measures, but through a way that again you earned it through your own work, right? Through your own merit, right? So, you know, as a higher education sector, we're going to have to look into that technology and figure out how do we put 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 into place some guardrails, some guidelines. And also, are you guys ready? Are
0: are you ready to figure out? Because I mean, kids are going to get AI generated essays and stuff like. And but it's also like you said, you can cut corners in research too, and that can be positive. But also, you want to develop skills for stuff too. So, I mean, there's a whole multi-dimensional challenge here.
1: Yeah, you know, my response to that is I don't think society is ready. I think I think this emerging technology is changing. In expanding so rapidly. I think we're all playing catch up, but I will say this, we're committed, right, to becoming well-versed, right, and prepared to kind of embrace where we're going as a world, but also making sure that the integrity of our instruction, integrity of our program is always maintained, and also to educate our students in terms of, hey, you can use it to support your learning, but you still have to earn it, right? You still have to learn that, You know, you can't shortcut everything. At some point, you're gonna be responsible for the knowledge that you're going to have to apply in your future career.
0: Yeah. We're talking with Dr. John Maduco, who is president of Connecticut state community college here in Connecticut. I, I we don't have a ton of time, but I was just interested in your thoughts, how, how it, maybe the impact of it, or your just your take on the Supreme court decision to eliminate affirmative action and, in, in college admissions.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you for the question. You know, um, you know, I am I am mindful, right? So I you know, I speak as John Maduco, the citizen and I make sure I'm not trying to speak on behalf of my college or institution. But I think as as a citizen and someone in academia, um, you know, for a very long time, you know, I have concerns, right? Because I understand on paper, you know, people want quote unquote fairness. I get that. But I think looking at the intentionality and the reason behind we had affirmative action, you know, laws and policies in place was to level the playing field, you know, especially in situations where women, people of color, and other underserved communities weren't given the opportunity to either enroll in institutions. That's why we still have women's colleges, we still have HBCUs, we have tribal colleges. And then two, there wasn't a representation for many of these groups in these institutions, right? But you know, look, I recognize the law has changed and all institutions are going to have to adhere to the new standards obviously set forth but a Supreme court and kind of figure out a way to how we can, I guess legally still be compliant with the federal regulations ensure that there is, you know, equity and equality, you know, and access for all groups seeking, you know, know, seeking to advance, you know, their education in various colleges and universities across the country.
0: Well, we're out of time, doc. I wish we had more, but again, we'll continue the conversation hopefully in the fall and, and beyond. We appreciate the time during the summer.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. I wish you well.
0: Dr. John Maduco, president, of course, of the Community College System here in Connecticut.